Hello, friends, and welcome to a new interview of a series with key opinion leaders and guild leaders uh, in our industry, Web3 Gaming, Metaverse, and guilds. Today, I am interviewing Ayush, uh, founder of uh, IndieGG. So IndieGG is a sub-DAO of uh, YGG, Guild Guild Games. It started uh, as a guild, and the, their mission is to onboard uh, 500 million, no less, uh, gamers into uh, Web3 Gaming. I think most of them probably uh, from India. So before we dive uh, more into that, uh, my very first question is, uh, who is Ayush? Who are you? Uh, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for uh, the humble introduction. Just uh, to correct you a bit, uh, like I take care of our lead growth at NGG. I'm one of the founding members, but I'm not the founder. Uh, but who am I? I am a techie by heart. Uh, and I speak a lot uh, and I like speaking to a lot of people. And so, hence, I'm leading growth. Like back in Jan, uh, I was very, or I am still currently very bullish on uh, creator economy and game economy. And the only startup which was doing great and cool things in India uh, was uh, NDG. And so for me, it was a natural inclination, uh, like the batch uh, that was minted for all the people who have minted NDGG batch. Uh, that's something that I designed. And so from that point onwards, I've been uh, the early earliest member of NDGG. And yes, things have been coming along pretty great. Okay, and what about your personal uh, background? What led you there? So uh, in my early career, so I started my journey um, in 2016 from BlackRock. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been uh, fiddling a lot with different roles. So I've done backend, frontend, uh, uh, for a short stint, I were part of Matic team as well, back when Polygon Network was known as Matic. Uh, and so I really enjoy uh, trying out new things. Uh, and like I was part of a couple of uh, crypto startups as well. Uh, so was primarily doing blockchain development for them. Uh, but then, yes, what I do enjoy more is speaking to a lot of people. And so, yeah, like gaming was one thing that I felt uh, is something that is booming. Like I uh, got to know Axie Infinity not uh, uh, as early as January 2020, oh, sorry, 2021. But uh, I came across Axie, I think back in October. Uh, and yeah, like November was a great period uh, indeed. And so from there, uh, basically was looking at a gaming uh, space, game five space, how things have been picking up. Uh, and that's when uh, like, yes, uh, this March is where I recently or lately uh, joined in EGG. I see. So, uh, software engineer background, uh, especially linked to uh, crypto and blockchain startups. Uh, you said you mentioned you were working uh, as well with a Polygon. Uh, so, I think you, you kind of create some bridges there as well between uh, probably NDGG and Polygon. Uh, and you, so you came as a as a as a core member or founding member. Uh, like so what happened before because I, I don't know how actually it got formed this uh, sub so it started as a sub DAO maybe maybe you can tell us what is a sub DAO first sure sure let me tell you the story how it happened uh, how mm -hmm. it got incubated so Sandeep uh, one of the founding advisors of NDGG uh, basically had this vision that uh, like what YGG is doing is something that can create huge value in India and that's how uh, Sandeep got it uh, to talk with uh, Gabby 
at the first place, uh, who was leading YGG uh, back in 2021. And uh, it came naturally that India amasses uh, 500 million gamers today, uh, which are uh, playing games on mobile, on desktop, uh, like all sorts of gamers uh, sitting back in various parts of the world. And for them, gaming has primarily been an entertainment uh, source. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not something that they have looked at uh, which could earn them money. It's only a very small population which has uh, the esports, uh, which is the esports angle where people have been able to earn. And so uh, that is what led uh, to the advent of uh, IndieGG. Uh, and so basically, there was this founding team uh, like Polygon has been really helpful in incubating uh, IndieGG. Uh, and this is back in December 2021 where the inception of IndieGG happened. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, coming to your question of SubDAO, right? How we have been operating or how SubDAO works in general is YGG has this huge network of uh, like YGG Japan, YGG Ola, YGG Latam. And the idea is that we share the same ethos of helping the gamers out there sitting in different parts of the world and creating value for them. Uh, that's something that we all truly believe in. And the idea that we try to explore uh, when we are uh, working as together as SubDAO is there are few games which are very well suited for, let's say, uh, Southeast Asian market. There are few games which are very well suited for Japan market. Then there are few games which are very well suited for Indian markets, which might not be very, like, might, it might not be the case for all markets, right? So when we speak to the games, uh, in case there is any game who is looking forward to, let's say, tap into the Japan market, uh, and we see it's a great fit, uh, that is when we come together and uh, like speak to the Japan team, tell them that this is a game which is really looking forward to speak to you. And that is how we add value to the game developers' lives as well. So for them, speaking to one of the YGG members, they're able to tap into the whole ecosystem of YGG family. Um, yeah, so... That's, that's pretty smart. Uh, I mean, th this way you're kind of developing the network and in this decentralized network. So are, uh, how much are you dependent on them? How much do they, uh, do, they do they own your structure? Do they own a majority of your structure or uh, like how, how are you functioning? So in terms of ownership, bit, that's a small uh, ownership piece, uh, like the the DAO tokens that we have, uh, we commonly share. So uh, NDGG, for that matter, has been uh, investing in uh, YGG Pan, YGG Ola, right? So those, uh, in terms of ownership decisions, that's a very small bit uh, just to have the relationship going. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, the idea that we try to explore is it's not really a monetary aspect that we are looking forward to. Uh, it's uh, the, the relation that we have, which is more than um, like the monetary benefit that we can uh, uh, like look forward to. So in that case, uh, yes, like uh, if your question was primarily how we have been operating, the idea is that if there is a game uh, trying to tap into other different parts of uh, like world, we are able to go, uh, help them, support them. And that's primarily uh, the sub-DAO culture that we have embraced till this point. I see. Uh, I, I see that you have on, on your website, you, you name a couple investors that you have. Uh, and I saw you have big names, actually. You have Sequoia, Axel, Lightspeed. So these are uh, 
pretty big player in the market, so they definitely saw something in your model, in the in the guild model, uh, in the in the thesis that you could uh, bring in a lot of uh, players uh, uh, into Web three. Uh, so uh, same same here. How did this happen? How did you onboard such big players? So uh, I think it's a natural uh, for for investors. India is a natural inclination. Like uh, I. I believe when they see that um, uh, that India has to offer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when when you see what NDG is trying to establish, uh, the idea itself is huge. Uh, as of this point, uh, the creator economy has something that has picked up. People have lately started to realize that creators are the people who are doing great things, and then the investments have been coming in uh, the creator economy lately, uh, which is not very well uh, profoundly uh, was done uh, earlier in India at least. Right, and so similarly, gaming is huge in India. Like uh, the moment GameFi space or Web3 space has picked up, uh, like NDGG tapping into Web2 gamers, it's going to be huge, and that's what probably led to the bigger players as well uh, investing in NDGG at a very early stage, even when we were not doing so great. Uh, where our numbers as of today are back us quite a bit, but that mm -hmm. wasn't the case earlier. So even then, when we did not have anything, it was the TAM that uh, led to the investors, uh, which uh, who saw uh, great potential in India and in NGG. Okay, so I have many questions that I will ask, but I, I would like to start with this one, which I think is difficult. Uh, what is a guild for you? Okay, uh, so I think firstly, we would navigate, uh, we would want to navigate away from that definition because we have seen a lot of negativity when we speak to players in terms of guild. Uh, but to like, if I have to define guild, guild is basically an easy onboarding platform for gamers, is how I would put it. It's not frictionless because there's still onboarding process. There are still forms to be filled. Uh, we are trying to reduce that friction as least as possible. Uh, but the idea that we have is uh, if the platform in itself is very smart enough uh, for the players to be very, uh, to have that intuitive feeling that this is how you start playing a Web3 game, even if you don't have any knowledge of Web3 game, right? As of this point, we are hand-holding people. We are uh, trying to provide them the support. Uh, we are trying to build that trust. Uh, this, as of this point, crypto isn't very well adopted in India, though there might be a very huge speculation and there are traders who are looking forward to uh, buying and selling of assets. At the same time, um, the general perception isn't very positively adopted. So for us, it's that initial uh, onboarding, it's that initial handholding that we are doing today. And that is the role of guilds in general, what I believe uh, is the case. Uh, basically reducing friction for the game developers as well as game uh, gamers. Uh, so on the other side for game developers as well, we have been trying to figure out ways where if they are trying to tap into Indian markets, uh, we basically provide them the help and support that they need to ensure that they are able to have a great experience uh, while working with us and basically uh, have a good set of engaged gamers. And so in that regard, so I agree with you in the definition of guilds. I mean, for us, we have a very broad definition. We say a guild is a company in the metaverse, simple, but it's true that right now it's more a user acquisition tool for Web3 games and an onboarding uh, platform for uh, players into, into Web3 gaming. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you. But the business model has been changing, right? So I, I, 
I will ask you basically uh, the, the question, but uh, back in the days, it was all scholarship um, uh, led, you know, business model of guilds were led by their scholarships in Axie Infinity mostly. Uh, but the, I, I, I actually, I had my last interview with, with another guild called Liberty Gaming, and they told me they are still sustainable with scholarships right now. So not only uh, Axie Infinity, for sure, other games, but they are sustainable right now. So are you also uh, in this situation, or is your main revenues still coming from scholarships? Are you, what do you feel regarding yeah, that? No, no, Jeremy. Uh, the idea that we have pivoted to uh, because we realize that that model isn't sustainable, especially when we look at Indian markets, right? Buying assets, let's say if you are trying to onboard about 5,000 or 10,000 gamers for one particular mm-hmm. game, right? And that's something that we really believe we can do in the soonest time period because like 500 million gamers who are we, like, like I think uh, 100, 200 games, uh, gamers aren't something that we are looking at now. Uh, like just to give some perspective in terms of a number, this month alone we were able to have eight thousand players have an average earning of about six dollars. So coming to the model, $6 what for, for what per per, per uh, gamer uh, in November month alone. Uh, okay, and so and so that's a huge huge number. We'll come to yeah. uh, those numbers back, but the idea is how we are achieving those or how we are going about uh, going after the games is. We realize that buying assets and then uh, uh, deploying it isn't something that we would like to do. It's capital inefficient according to our understanding. What we have been doing is like, if you try understanding the Web2 playbook uh, for Web2 games, uh, they have been primarily trying to target gamers via Facebook ad, Google ads, right? So what we have tried to do is follow the Web3 ethos where the, the game developers would be giving the price for tournament of price pool for the tournaments that we conduct mm-hmm. and those will directly go to the players and that mm-hmm. is how we are trying to embrace the web3 ethos where the money goes directly to the players and not some middle uh, middlemen and those uh, middlemen are trying to get them the players so uh, in a way if you understand if you see the gamers have been very competitive about tournaments and uh, this is what we have seen so one of the game that we have been actively trying to go after is immortal game uh, which is a chess game and chess is pretty big in india right mm-hmm. so so what we have seen is there was huge bunch of people who were ready to the moment we put in the prize pool awards uh, they were playing chess earlier but now they're playing immortal game because this is something that they have embraced uh, so mm-hmm. we did a session where we tried making them understand firstly what is Web3 games and why should you not be so reluctant and hesitant about it? Uh, because the moment you try uh, attaching money with games for the Web2 gamers, it was like, what's the catch? And so, so, so we had to ensure that that knowledge is really uh, transferred to them and uh, that trust is built. And once they were onboarded completely, is when they were ready to like play, start playing the game. So the idea that we have been exploring is not in terms of the rental bait and uh, providing scholarships. What we have been actively going after are tournaments, college tournaments, cafe tournaments, and this is what has been working great for us. Games have been really super exciting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I see. So t- tournaments uh, that are uh, the prize pool given by the game. Uh, you use this pl- prize pool directly to the players. Where is your business model in there? So, so as of this point, we don't really think of charging our fee, 
but uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow that would be the case the operational expenses that we are having uh, in onboarding uh, those players building that trust and hosting those tournaments that is where we would be taking our charge and reducing mm-hmm. the price pool that is how we would be operating but at the Good same right. time mm-hmm. uh, what what we do still believe is when someone is playing a tournament there's this engaged player who would be willing to go for that game it's not just the registration that uh, this these tournaments provide it's the active engaged gamer and that is what games are loving very well yeah okay and because there is a new kind of model that emerges where a uh, business model for guild that we also trying to push is uh, you make some deals with the games uh, so you're going to uh, swap uh, um, services uh, your services for their nfts or tokens So, for instance, you're going to bring X amount of players and they're going to pay you Y amount of, of NFTs worth, I don't know, this amount of dollars. So this is kind of a players uh, player as a service uh, a, a guild where uh, so then you, you're, you're going to organize tournaments. That's one of the service. But basically, you're going to say, okay, so we bring 1,000 daily active user for one month and you're going to give us this amount of NFTs. Uh, and, and you're, as a guild, you're, you're, you make your money Uh, by the fact that you bring them players cost you less than what they will give you in NFTs. So are you using uh, uh, these tools that I know many guilds are right now, uh, which is swapping your services and most likely players for their tokens or NFTs or no? No, no, Jeremy, that's not something. It's again, uh, comes down to the same model where you are being bullish on the NFT bits. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the NFT bit is something that uh, incentivizes the player who really looks forward to continuing to play those games. And that yeah. is where uh, the games incentivize the gamers at the top, let's say the top 10 chess uh, tournament winners would be incentivized with, uh, let's say, immortal uh, chess units. So so that's something that uh, we are uh, looking forward to. But swapping NFTs, uh, no, that's not uh, how we believe uh, we can For scale. your services. Okay. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so do you think the scholarship model will uh, uh, survive? So right now you say you're pivoting towards something different, but do you think the buying and, and lending, renting NFTs is something that will continue or no? So that depends a lot uh, also on the markets. Um, for us, when we see uh, buying those NFTs, then renting it out, we don't see uh, it to be very sustainable, especially when we are talking in terms of numbers, let's say 100K, 1 mil, right? Uh, and those are the targets we are looking at. So if let's say even we are looking at uh, for one game, let's say we bought uh, $1 worth of NFT and for 100K, right? We can't really go about doing it for 10 games. Like we did, we might have done it for a cricket game. That makes a lot of sense in India uh, because in, like cricket is like a religion in India. And so mm-hmm. we for, we were okay to do that. But that's not something that we can afford to do for a lot of the games. And so that, that, that isn't something that might work for us. It might work for other markets is all I can say. So when you partner with games right now, you do not acquire assets asset, <clears throat> sorry you do not acquire assets anymore you do not invest in games anymore uh, the the relationship check is something that we do put depending on uh, like those are very strategic decisions the idea is that if we are seeing a long term relationship and we are we know for that matter that they would want to do multiple other activities 
So along with uh, tournaments, just want to touch a bit upon the influencers bit. Uh, this is something that we have seen again works a lot uh, for us. Uh, like uh, influencers, gaming influencers are pretty huge in India. Uh, like mm-hmm. how celebrities and Bollywood is a big thing in India. Uh, the gaming influencers attract a lot of lot of gamers. So when those Web two gamers, uh, Web two game influencers are now streaming Web three uh, games, they have a huge bunch of Web two gamers who are actually trying to understand which is this new thing happening, right? So uh, that is one bit that we have seen. And so for a lot of games, when they resonate with this model, uh, they are also in line and they they bring us a lot more value because their game has a lot of streamable content which mm-hmm. our game influencers would really love love to do and so on that bit we do uh, basically buy nfts so that those game influencers can uh, incentivize uh, their gamers uh, but just to uh, for the rent and lending bit that's not something that we do uh, so yeah the nfts bit is primarily to influence the influencers of uh, audience. I see. So it, it, things are switching a bit. That's 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 very interesting. So if you could tell me, actually, after after all these twenty minutes talks already, uh, what exactly is Indigigi doing? What are you, what is your prime value proposition, and who are your target? Uh, who is your target audience? Okay, so our target audience doesn't change at all. Uh, it's the gamers. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, whom do we work with? We, of course, are talking to great games, uh, good quality games, all sorts of games where they and us uh, together can add a lot of value to the gamers' lives, right? Uh, now, what we are doing, this was primarily something that we are doing uh, lately, but the idea of the roadmap, what we want to do long-term is build a product suite uh, where we are able to help the gamers uh, mm-hmm. to basically, let's say, organize the tournament in their uh, clan itself right so a p- college student let's say is having uh, is a popular college student is having a hundred uh, friends around him uh, who plays uh, with him on a daily basis the idea is that tomorrow let's say on our app which is currently being built and is a work is work in progress he or she would be able to create the tournament himself and execute it with his sort of clan so he becomes a clan chief and under his clan are a lot of gamers uh, and because that clan chief had that knowledge and idea, he could bring a lot more people to the same Indigigi community. That is the idea of what we are trying to explore. And that would be enabled by the product. And that's how we are basically thinking and coming up with ideas, which would not just help gamers, but the game developers as well. And so on the other side, if you understand, what do gamers, uh, game developers are looking for? Game developers are essentially looking for engaged gamers. And uh, if we are able to provide them uh, that this these clan chiefs are the best people who can promote your game in various colleges, uh, that mm-hmm. really helps them, right? So one way that we have been seeing a lot of other guilds uh, going about this is building rental solution, uh, building different sorts of solutions that would help uh, their uh, product suite. As of this point, we have been primarily trying to understand the game developers' need. Uh, and try and what we have come to a conclusion is that they would try the best a value add for them would be to understand which gamer is let's say a MOBA player, which gamer is a RPG player, uh, and that is what uh, we are working around. I see. So I, I know we've been we've had this discussion for a couple of months already, 
uh, and I know we've been discussing about uh, gamer identity on the blockchain, and uh, and so is this something you're you, you're putting a focus on? Is it uh, like are you trying to build their the, the gamer identities uh, uh, from all your your, your players and uh, on the blockchain? You know, reading their data on the blockchain, what they're doing, how they're using their assets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And based on that, there is a whole lot of of uh, products, sort of products that could be built on top of this uh, kind of ID. So is it still something that you're uh, like uh, actively uh, pursuing that's right that's right jeremy uh, i think uh, pair identity is going to be pretty huge uh, also because now you can uh, not just uh, have an identity in one game but yeah. have that identity portable to other games as well and so this is something that is a part of our roadmap and that's something that we will actively be working on like sbt's uh, incentivizing gamers uh, because they have been playing certain set of games is something that we really believe in. Like this is something that would work out very well. Uh, it's about what identity, what part of that identity needs to be on chain and off chain. That is still a question because, like, like not many people mm -hmm. would be uh, comfortable on uh, like having a lot of the data on chain. So that that's a separate discussion altogether. But yes, uh, SBTs and pair identity is something that uh, is something that we are interested in and would be working on. Okay, I, I know that in our audience we have uh, many uh, game developers listening, and uh, what would be useful for them is if you could tell uh, what are the specific specificities of your market, the Indian market. What type of games should approach you? Uh, like I don't know, is like uh, you prefer mobile games versus PC games, more competitive, more casual. So what is, if we if we are, if uh, people are building a game, what should they do in in order to uh, get in the Indian market and get with you uh, in DGG? Got it. So firstly, uh, one thing that is uh, to note here is the maximum audience from those 500 million gamers, maybe about 380 million or 400 million gamers are currently sitting on mobile gaming. Uh, it's pretty cheap uh, to get a cell phone in India. A smartphone mm -hmm. around $200 can let you play a good number of games. Like, uh, And because of Reliance Geo, we have been able to get internet pretty cheap as well. So mm -hmm. the combined factors uh, allow to for gamers to play great game from anywhere, um, like maybe traveling, whatever, uh, it, whatever part of India they are. So one thing that I would definitely recommend uh, if you're building uh, mobile games, you definitely should reach out to us. Uh, India has a huge uh, population of mobile gamers. Uh, mm -hmm. The second thing that we have seen uh, is the players who have, like the community that we have today, have primarily forced us to go for battle royale games. Uh, so, like I think uh, with PUBG uh, getting banned in India, there's a huge room uh, for PUBG-like games, Valorant-like games uh, coming on mobile in Web three space. So, though that is one thing that I would re really recommend if they are shooter games, uh, if they are battle royale games, uh, that's something that is very popular in India. Uh, and a third thing which I do think any streamable game. Uh, where a lot of good content could be created. Uh, that's something that we would want to push out because a lot of uh, realization has come that it's not just the gamers who play the game. There's a separate vertical altogether where there's streamable bit of the game as well. So like there's a lot of content that can be produced uh, and like because that would help the game developers as well as the gamers to incentivize both of them to basically push out more content. That's something that we would, of course, look forward to as well. Okay, so the winner is a mobile battle royale that is good to stream. 
that is yes. that is a, that is a recipe <laughs> not, not for the to win. not to not to forget not to forget it has to be a fun game jeremy it like has to be, uh, you're, you're <laughs> making everything more complex now come on you are finding a solution then you you need fun on top of that how can yeah. i do uh, i think uh, probably probably let's just uh, let's just uh, keep all three factors aside the first uh, the first and foremost factor has to be fun like that's a okay. uh, like yeah that's a no brainer yeah do you need earning mechanism in the game i think uh, what we have seen for a lot of games uh, the the earning mechanism for them for them as well has come from the tournament so uh, they did not really have an economy going around their game but what they have done is uh, they have like whoever is playing great in a week uh, there's a leaderboard that is getting created and on that basis uh, the amount is getting uh, circulated so people buying nfts because the game is great um then by and that nfts basically produces the revenue for the game and that re- revenue comes back to the gamers because of that leaderboard so that is how we have seen uh, so i personally think that uh, if the gamers or the game developers have not really figured out how they can incentivize or monetize the game mm-hmm. building a fun game which does not have to be inclined with uh, earning mechanics is also fine uh, the earning mechanics can come via leaderboard Uh, and that's a bit better way to go about it rather than first thinking about the economy rather than the game uh, uh, itself and the payout of the tournaments is always in tokens or in their native tokens or in auto tokens depends depends on uh, the so let's say you buy an nft via eth um, and let's say you buy one nft uh, for uh, 0.1 eth let's say so 0.2 might just go to the uh, game developer uh, mm-hmm. and so the leaderboard can be created in terms of eth uh for that matter right uh if let's say you are doing the nft sale uh in dollars usdc for that matter the leaderboard can be created in uh, usdc uh depends a lot on the game developers but because uh this uh mechanism of leaderboard does not have to uh basically entangle the game economy and the game mechanics it's mm-hmm. a really nice method that we have seen worked out for a couple of games okay i see uh so if you're um so so yeah if you're a, a, a game developer that um builds a very uh, competitive pc uh game uh that like is it still worth uh, uh reaching reaching out to you and and trying to you know get into the indian market or is it it's it's, it's like not your focus right now it's not your target audience uh what would you that's, say that's that's definitely not the case jeremy like i think uh Uh, great uh, uh, pc games are uh, good to have as well just that uh, what we have seen is lot of the audience that we have today do not have high spec systems so yeah. uh, the the target audience becomes niche at this point uh, because a lot of like delicia metal core all these games are great like uh, yeah. and really fun to play the trailer itself speaks for a lot for them uh, but at the same time the crowd or the audience as of today uh, might not be having that specs which are required to play those games but at the same time we have seen uh, the community coming to us that we really want to like maybe get nft passes to try out metal core game um, and so like the alpha passes ruby passes all sorts of those uh, activities have come so i wouldn't say that uh, those games which are building pc games shouldn't come to us uh it's just that uh, we would have to work something out and maybe the numbers that we might have today would be limited for uh, uh pc games that's that's about it but 
at the same time the community is increasing and growing on a daily basis so down the line that shouldn't be an issue as well and you're and you're building your uh, own in-house uh, esports team as well like a, like a group of superstar for some specific games that's that's the idea uh, jeremy like uh, we have been trying to figure out from our community as well and so we have been trying to create a gamer story uh, like each player who has been uh, very uh, well focused and have been let's say participating in all the games uh, mm -hmm. we have been trying to create testimonial around those players uh, because the one thing that these gamers also look forward to is some sort of acknowledgement recognition um, and that's what they are uh, working towards uh, in in a way uh, they are playing the games and they do uh, feel acknowledged when we are able to capture their stories where they come from their humble, humble beginnings Uh, mm -hmm. because again it's i can take you to a long uh, journey uh, but like like these gamers are come from a very uh, like lower background um, and so for them uh, these $8 or $6 $10 what i mentioned it represents a lot it's yes 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 so yeah, that's, we that's feel, powerful yeah yes and so when we speak to them and they are able to share their stories that uh, in three months or so uh, one of our, our gamers was able to gift a smartwatch to his mother uh, that was heart touching so so yeah uh, yeah so to the people that say that there's many people especially westerners actually that say that the, the this whole model is unethical and it exploits people to that i could not uh, disagree with more i think it, it it's upper bullshit what they say Uh, because they don't know the the reality behind it, uh, so to to them that say that this is unethical and and it's not helping, it's exploiting. So what what do you respond to that? I think it's like two sides of a coin. Um, if some say it's unethical, I definitely do not uh, see that way. Um, the monetization is only for gamers who are playing the game and. Um, like maybe let's not regard the time that they are putting in uh, equivalent to the money that they are earning, but uh, gamers need to come forward, and there needs to be some sort of recognition uh, more than just the esports tournament that we see today. Um, and so, so it makes a lot of sense with these uh, with the Web3 ethos of gaming, where it's just not about portability of NFTs and different other various benefits that you get. uh the earnings are a great way for these web3 gamers to be incentivized to play more now uh, the question is how the game economy or mechanic is mm -hmm. designed or uh, designed and that is what can be questioned but i don't see it as unethical at all the yeah. the earnings were there earlier as well in web2 gaming uh just that uh, we have uh, put together a game five where game economy has been there but I don't see it as anything. Yeah, I think the, the web three just brings more layers to who can earn and how they can earn instead of you know uh, top esports and top esports are maybe the best players but most likely the best the biggest streamers and these are the ones that uh, have all the money and now we're just making much more leagues like in, in cricket or in foot in soccer whatever uh, and like uh, even if you play in the tenth league you tenth division you you're gonna earn some money at least you know and I think it's it, it's it's a powerful thing. And by the way, you mentioned earlier that so in November you had 8,000 players earning an average six dollars. Is there a big delta between uh, the top winners and and the and the, the last uh, winners, or is everybody around the same? 
I wouldn't say a big delta uh, around the same. So let's say some might have earned about five, some might have earned about eight. Uh, not really a big delta. Uh, and we have been uh, putting together the uh, prize pool for the tournaments accordingly as well, um, mm-hmm. because we want to incentivize more gamers today rather than uh, the top level gamers. Uh, the idea is that the more number of gamers who are able to earn out of it, they'll bring more of their friends. So it's a community mm-hmm. uh, building process altogether, uh, and that's how we see it. So, so for now, it's still the, the time you spend is more important than the skills you have for now exactly exactly on point okay okay i get it uh makes sense okay so we are uh getting to the the end of the interview i have actually one question that i i like to ask to ask um, every everyone i invite here i call it the meta question and it's the following so if life is a game and you can go up to level 100 what is your current level? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay. Um, I think uh, has various aspects of uh, personal, uh, professional. Uh, like I, I think, uh, but to put it, maybe uh, I'm at 45 as of this point. Uh, not in terms of the age, but in terms of the level from 1 to 100. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely see uh, 55 percent more or 55 more ladders to climb all right so f- level 45 it's pretty good i mean congrats uh, so, some way to go but congrats congrats uh, that's really cool and uh, how do you win the game how do i win the game uh i think uh, that's mm-hmm. another meta question jeremy <laughs> it is it um, is a follow-up meta question <laughs> I, I think how do I win the game? Uh, for me, it has essentially been the moment I ha- I'm able to uh, return back, uh, give back to the society. Uh, that is where I think I have won um, in my life. Um, I really believe that every time, let's say uh, for any developer uh, in India, uh, because I come from the tech background and have been doing the development mostly, the one thing where I contribute immediately or I'm able to over the weekends is I'm able to uh, like maybe teach a couple of developers how Solidity uh, is done, how Web3, or you can get started with Web3. So uh, the la- level or ladder 100 would look like uh, maybe returning, giving back to a society at a mass level. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is something uh, I would be truly uh, happy in. Uh, yeah, that's my level 100. Would you, would you call that uh, effective altruism? <laughs> okay if you want to put it that way let's let's yeah okay yeah oh, it's a joke it's a joke it's a joke yeah let's just altruism in an efficient way we'll put it down yes way. yes yes <laughs> okay Ayush, it was a pleasure to have you uh during this interview i had a, a lot of fun and a lot of uh like it was really interesting to learn about what you do and how you're going to onboard uh so many players into into web3 and how it's going to be beneficial for them and for the game devs as well uh so uh to the audience we'll see each other in the next um interview or uh, episodes of what we do at crypto gills so yeah stay in touch and bye